Welcome to MedRoom Chronicles. Join nurses and other care providers as they let you in on discussions usually reserved for the privacy of the locked medication room. In this weekly nursing podcast, the filters come off and we tell it like it is. Your hosts, nurses Adrienne Benning and Andrew Craig, are here to educate and entertain on all things in the nursing world. This podcast is intended for nursing students, nurses, nursing assistants, and other care providers. Non-medical folk will probably get a kick out of us too. If you like what you hear, subscribe and share. Happy nursing, folks. The last few weeks have been a scheduling nightmare for your old pal age over here. I just, I, um, I don't know what it is. There was some family stuff that I had to deal with that I didn't want to deal with, but I think it's okay now. Cool. Or it's on its way to being okay. And I just, I just, I wasn't sleeping very well and blah, blah, blah. The last few weeks have been kind of chaotic for me. And I feel like I've spent the last few days just saying to people like I'm so sorry I didn't get back to you and I haven't nope I haven't done that either so (laughs) right right um the next I think week or so I'm gonna use it use my time more wisely yeah more messing around had a Halloween party last weekend which I really needed that I probably shouldn't have thrown a party in the middle of my scheduling chaos but I was like I need to feel happy about something. So, Hell yeah. and historically, I'll I'll say this and then I'll quit rambling. Um, historically, I've had parties that have kind of flopped. Usually, we had that party. You're going away party at yes. my place was fantastic. When you and Sarah actually left to go on the road, that was a great party. And then I had two parties after that that I think were timed badly, and there was a number of other problems. But basically, they were duds. So when I threw this party, I was like, oh, this is going to be a dud. And if it is, I'm never having another party. And I invited a bunch of nurses from work and some other miscellaneous non-nursey friends. And we had the best time. And I heard somebody whisper. Well, it wasn't whispering because they were yelling over music, but they were like, this is the best party I've been to in a long time. And I was like, Nice. Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, so anyway, that's that's my last few weeks. What are your last few weeks? Oh my god, Adrian. Do you, do you see it on social media? You must. There's shit I happening. do. I read a lot even though I'm not commenting on everything. Some of the stuff I'm kind of like I don't have anything to contribute at this point, but for the most part, I think fantastic things are happening. Your community has like Kaboom. On to itself. Yeah. Two months. I made it in two months ago. I know. And now how many members? Well, first of all, let's back it up for a second because I am I am recording. Cool. Um welcome to Medroom Chronicles, everybody. (laughs) I think we get more and more off track every time. Um, but yeah, so you started a Facebook group, right? Yes. For travelers, for traveling nurses. Yes. Talk about it. Talk about Traveler Talk. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a whirlwind, Adrian. I started a Facebook group because I wanted change. And the catalyst for change was I saw the online environment for travel nurses, recruiters, agencies is a very toxic place currently. Mm -hmm. And... 
I knew that if I wanted change in an industry, and and by change I mean better practices on the agency side, and mm-hmm. maybe even cr- encourage ethical practice on the travel nurse side, I knew that I needed to create a new environment and involve both sides because we're bar- part of the same team as travel nurses, as recruiters, as agencies, as agencies. The current state of affairs is it often groups censor recruiters from allowing them to give their voice, give their story, their input. And, it, and it's toxic. A lot of bashing, a lot of name calling. It's pretty challenging to be around as a travel nurse when you come on this you you come to be excited you you come for change and then you find that when you go online for support it's often a very challenging place to be to say the least and i wanted something different i craved something different i want to ask a clarifying question so we're talking about kind of this these unethical practices or like people not treating each other with respect. Do you think that that, just to clarify, is that like IRL? Like, is this happening in real life in business transaction? Or do you think this is just like online? Because I know that, I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. That's the end of my question. Go for it. Well, what were you going to say after that? You said, I know. Uh, I know that there has been a lot of talk about other um, groups that are just not community oriented they're like bitch boards basically but do you feel that this is also happening like in for example more intimate non-internet communications like on on the phone through email in person like do you feel like this is behind the the relative anonymity or at least the screen of the internet or do you or is this like a real life problem that you're having with like people dealing with recruiters and recruiters dealing with travelers? Both without a doubt, Adrian, it's both. Um, it's, it's easier to be um, a keyboard warrior. I call it online. You can just mm-hmm. say whatever the hell you want to say and you, you know, whatever it's, you're not, you know, you don't have another human being in front of you. There's a little more reservation in real life, um, but there is still nastiness. There's still unprofessionalism through our communication, the way uh, travelers treat, uh, recruiters and agencies, and and I've gotten reports on the other way around. I personally have not felt um, disrespected or mean to by a recruiter, but I have experienced some of their, let's say, unsavory tactics to get okay. lead generation. So, yes. The, so All there's right. a lot. So, of, yeah. so it sounds like this is a problem in – basically every arena of communication. And so you got tired of it. And so you decided that the only way to have a group that is devoid of that negativity is to secede from the the group and say, from okay, other groups, from, from other, other groups, from other groups and say to other people like, Hey, I want to have this community that is supportive and open communication and no snottiness or crappy comments. So mm-hmm. if that's what you're into, you were like the Pied Piper and you were like, follow me. Uh, yes. Uh, yes to all of that. The thing is, is all the groups say that. They say we are a community of camaraderie and collaboration, openness, friendliness. 
but but it's BS. It's it's beyond it's, it's oftentimes it's BS, but it's also um, it's challenging to create a culture of respect and kindness. It's, it feels like on the internet. But it's it's one thing to do it in practice. That's the thing is they say this, right? They say we're, we're a group that supports this positive message. But when you go inside, oftentimes, and not all of them, but it's a very different environment. And so from the get-go, it was a basic expectation that we treat everyone with respect. Otherwise – you will you will be checked. You will I you will give be given a standard warning. And if if you're not gonna you know partake in this awesomeness, then you're gonna be mo- you're gonna be booted because there's plenty of other groups out there um, that will take that uh, mentality. And I just right. didn't want it a part of mine now. However, you can't police everyone, especially when you're a part of a group that is rapidly growing and changing. The dynamics are constantly evolving, so things slip through. People slip through. People be kind of get into old habits really quickly. Less so now because what's happened is it because the culture, the expected culture, has has been about respect and kindness from the get go. There's been a core crew of people, let's say 500 to a thousand people, that they're like, this is the way it is. So what's happening is is when people start to uh, see conversations change from educational to toxic. Toxic. There is a uh, a checks and balances that a part of the culture that keep it's people like in peer line. pressure. Yeah, peer pressure to be respectful and kind, right. which is a great thing. Positive peer pressure. Positive peer pressure, and and I have to say, Adrian, people love it. And that's what I'm seeing right now. Yeah, because when people realize that you can have a community that doesn't have all of that nastiness, that it's actually really nice. When you don't have somebody peeing in the pool, it's actually a pretty good day. <laughs> it's, 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 it's <laughs> simple, right? You, you, you treat people with the golden rule and it gets returned to you. And and then what's basically happened is you have all these people that are like, hey, this is actually, you know, trying to be what it says it's trying to be. So let's hang out for a while. And you've had your followership explode, right? (laughs) I mean, I don't want to say explode. That sounds destructive. But like you've had a a surge, I think is a better word. Well, there's a few things that happened, Adrian. One (laughs) is the environment, right? People dig it. Yeah, yeah. So I knew, and I don't know if you heard about this. You probably did. Um, I knew that I needed to get growth and to get my message out there, but I was trying to find a creative way to do that, right? And I was driving to the dog park with our new puppy, Lola. And I was thinking, what the hell am I going to do to get my message out there and to shock people? Because I knew people need shocking nowadays. You can't just say, join my group. Yeah, you you need clickbait. You need clickbait. (laughs) And I was thinking... I don't know how the hell this this idea came to mind, but I was like, I'm going to get waxed on <laughs> live. Like 40-year-old virgin style? That's like. exactly what's going to happen, Adrian. So, <laughs> um, Andrew, I, so this begs the next question. Are you a tremendously hairy person? Like, is this going to be like a traumatic spectacle for the whole internet to view or what? Um, it's going to be a traumatic spectacle. I'm hairy. I'm like, so I'm like, I'm like, I'm a little bit of both. I'm soft as a baby in some places and I'm a Chewbacca in some places. This is, this is going places. I didn't expect. <laughs> so I'm very patchy on my back, 
my legs are pretty consistent. <laughs> my chest is kind of patchy, so my, like my pecs have um, you know some hair. My, my abdomen has some hair. My flank has some really solid Chewbacca ness, but my main concentration of hair is, of course, the goodies, my booty, oh, and my legs. Yeah, now that's totally full skin assessment. All of a sudden, it's too TMI. As part of growth in a group, it's a it's actually a crazy metaphor. The waxing, it's like girls get waxed, guys don't know what that's like. True. And I thought, well, in order to understand someone else's perspective, hell, what a great way to do that and, and get waxed. It's clickbaity. I'm gonna get growth. So what's <laughs> happened is, on top of that, Adrian, I challenged a major staffing company that I have a, a friendship with. Uh, I interviewed their founder online and he they got wind of my post about the waxing like an <laughs> hour after right an hour after i post it already went through their office i was talking i we were finishing up the interview and they were like oh by the way what the hell were you thinking why didn't you just do this or that and i'm like well that's not really i want something shocking i want something to bring people in <laughs> and, and, and you want baby smooth legs when all is right, said and, done. Right. <laughs> and, and i'm and then i just dawned on me i'm like what if i challenged them to help me because they have a lot of outreach. I mean, they're a major staffing company. Um, yeah. And I was like, I'm going to tap into that. And I challenged them. I'm like, bring it. You don't, you can't do this. And they looked at me <laughs> and they said, oh, you have no idea what you just did. <laughs> awesome. So I, I, Adrian, it was scary. An hour later, I had like 200 requests to the members <laughs> in the group. And wow. I'm like, oh my God. You're what like, the I gates done? are open. So here's how it works, Adrian. For 1,500 members, which we have, it's a leg. For 3,000 members, which we'll probably have like, Are we tonight. talking like hip to ankle? Oh, yeah. Hip to ankle. Holy uh, shit. 3,000 members is two legs, which we'll hit tonight. Um, and tonight is October 28th. So by the time people hear this, there might even be 5,000 members. <laughs> uh, 5,000 members is two legs and a back. And 10,000 members is the grand prize, which is two legs, back, abdomen, chest, armpits, and eyebrows. Now, I'm not going to wax oh off my, my God. Eye okay. I'm not going to wax okay. off my eyebrows. I'm okay. just going to wax around my eyebrows. I was about to say, like, I, as your friend, need to step in at this point. Like, all the know. rest I'm fine with, but don't... Right. Mm. <laughs> I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're fine. I'm so <laughs> so the, yeah. The eyebrows were the the line for me that I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not really <laughs> looking forward to the armpits of all things. That I feel like is gonna hurt like a mm -hmm. son of a bitch. Yeah, and the other thing is, is that at least with uh, from my personal experience, at least when you're like doing hair removal of whatever kind over the course of time, like you get used to it. You're kind of like a virgin wax case. So like the skin beneath all this hair has not seen probably the undis you know like the <laughs> the barrier free touch of the wind um <laughs> so <laughs> this might be a hypersensitive experience i can say maybe other females or males who shave or wax or whatever maybe they too by the way i'm cleaning my desk while i do this if this gets noisy holler at me but other humans of all gender identities who wax might tell you that like those first days are in some ways very pleasant and in other ways a little much for sensory. Yes. 
Like I like putting on fleece pajama pants after I've shaved my legs because, you know, again, TMI, but it's one of those experiences where it's like, oh, it's soft. That's what puppy velvet ears feel like <laughs> on your skin. But then, you know, it also has negative effects because if it, you know, say in the spring when I haven't shaved my legs for Let's be honest, we're not shaving over the winter, so <laughs> that first that first one in the spring, you're kinda like, Oh, that's a little it's a little intense. <laughs> Listen, Adrian, I'm married. Okay. I I get it. You know, I live with a girl, so I I see this firsthand. Sarah would kill me if she knew I was talking about that. Um, well, we can just cut that all out. Oh, it's fine. She'll have to deal with it. No. <laughs> Me shaving my ankles is hardly a titillating experience. <laughs> so here's the deal. The next step is because I'm going to embrace the shit out of this, Adrian. I am going to broadcast this on a couple of major live streaming websites as a way to like really. I'm going to I'm hoping it goes like 40 year old virgin viral. Um, <laughs> so, I'm gonna broad, I, so guy. So. Guy gets waxed live on Facebook. I think is the the title of my, my nurse. Uh, nurse nurse gets waxed live on yes. Facebook because you male know you got it. Because you got yeah. it. Oh yes, male male nurse gets waxed yes. for followers. Yes, right. <laughs> Follow me, please, please, please. So that's the plan. Um, oh yeah, and the last thing is I'm doing it on my thirtieth birthday. Oh, well, that's that's kind of exciting. When's your birthday again? Remind me, please. I don't March know. 5th, 2018. March 5th, 2018. Okay. All so right. the, the contest ends the end of this year. And the three months between December and March is when I will do the logistics and planning and uh, go from there. Whew. Well, uh, via con Dios, as they say <laughs> in my favorite Spanish <laughs> countries. Um, yeah, good luck with that. I, I are you going to watch this? Are you going to get on this action? Um, we'll see when the time comes. We'll see. We'll see. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> Waxing videos in general, like I've seen a number of them online and, um, you know, and obviously I've seen the 40 year old virgin and those, those are a little cringe worthy for me. Like I can do a lot of horrible things to people in the hospital, but pulling Tegaderm off their forearms is one of the things I really don't delight in. So, um, yeah, watching watching you get both your legs. I don't even know that I would wax both of my legs. Um, that sounds like it kind of sucks a little, but I'm a wimp. I'm not I'm not really into that sort of thing. So I yeah. wish you luck. I think I think it's great for your community, though. You've got it. <laughs> Let's let's steer away from the uh, hair removal topic and let's <laughs> <laughs> Sounds let's good. talk a little more about um, some of the other things you have going on because I know that this group is growing. So, like, what yeah. is this group? Tell people for people who don't know. Traveler Talk, in its simplest form, is a place for travelers, not only travel nurses, but anyone that is in a healthcare traveling industry, to hang out, and that includes traveling physicians, recruiters, CEOs, vice presidents, account managers, anyone that's involved in the healthcare traveler industry. So you can all come in and learn from each other. And there is uh, uh, all the way from travelers to owners of companies and everything in between hanging out in there, learning from each other, contributing. 
um, it's it's a pretty amazing thing to be a part of. Yeah, that's pretty rad. And uh, yeah, it is. It's, I'm excited to to uh, help facilitate that. I, you know, when, when you create something like this, you get a little bit of notoriety. I just encourage people to, to know that I'm simply Andrew. <laughs> yeah, but you know yeah. what? Also, just Andrew has a lot to bring to the table. And it seems like one of the reasons that I'm not like super up to speed on every conversation that you've got going on is because it has been growing so quickly. And I see that there's like pretty, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, pretty lively discussions are occurring. So it's not just like, you know, there's four people in a chat room. Like this is, there's right. a lot of discussions going on and um, there's a lot of, growth in like the the purpose and the use as well it seems like I saw a message that people were like trying to figure out if there's a way to connect travelers with jobs on the um I mean I know that's something that you guys are working on right yes um there is a lot of um job boards on Facebook many probably over 50 oh I didn't know that I had no idea um and I have a list of majority of them, but that's kind of old hat. Everybody's doing it. It's not really something I want to get involved in as of yet. We we, we got the ball rolling slightly. Someone put out a good idea. And then I, I kind of reeled it in. I, I thought, you know, this this isn't really something I want to focus on right now because that in itself would be a time suck. And I just have yeah. other things in mind. Um, yeah, that's like something you need like an intern to help do. <laughs> well, I've kind of have that, Adrian. I've uh, very good. I have five actually. Um, I recruited five people to moderate the group with me. And oh how, yeah, like Sarah's doing it with you, right? Sarah's very casual. She's okay, not but still, really I know, I know, she's not into social the media stuff. Life. But, but it's a good way to get her feet wet. She's starting to get a little more involved in my stuff. It's hard for her to relate because she's not really into the social media game like we are. Fair enough. And I understand that. Um, but I want us to, you know, I want her to be in the loop of my decision making because we're a team, uh, even if she's in the background. But so I have really four other people of varying degrees of traveling experience, multiple multiple uh, years of um, nursing experience, new traveler versus old traveler. So to give a variety of perspectives, um, they work for different agencies. Um, they were, the group is very uh, unaffiliated with anyone. And so if that's the only way um, this will be successful is to be unaffiliated. Absolutely. And to keep it um, that kind of like... Um I mean, really, it's just a community. It's like for the people, by the people, kind of, to use the cliche, um, right. which I think is important. So in any case, congratulations on the um, quick and sustained and continued growth of yes. this group. I'm really eager to see how this unfolds because, um, you know, if you build it, they will come pretty much. And that's what's happening with you, I think, on multiple fronts. What about YouTube, Andrew? You uh, <laughs> Are you sorting through that travel con footage, like the 70 Jeez. million gigs oh of footage? God. So I, I went through my files. It's over 30 gigs of video, Adrian. Oh, I've organized it by day so, and time. That's good. I, I just don't have... 
the time. I don't have the resources right. to to make it. So, and a lot of it really was very bad footage. Um, the vlogging thing. Um, but it was a learning experience, right? right? I, learned, I learned that if I'm going to do that again, I'm not going to use my cell phone. <laughs> yeah. And um, also, I think that while there are a million hours of great content going on at conferences like that or events like that, you really need to self-edit pretty brutally. Um, and uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I'm no expert. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I'm learning as I go, but I'm right. I'm currently, I'm a, I'm a new student in the Casey Neistat School of Film. I've been, um, I'm like, how the hell did this get off my radar? Like, how did I not catch up to him? But anyway, um, I think that uh, eventually you'll get that footage out. But yeah, it can be pretty overwhelming. The first time I shot the music festival here in town, I filled up so many memory cards that I couldn't do anything with the material. And the following year, I was like, you know what? If I really self-edit on the spot, on the fly, then I can actually do something with that material right away because I'm not just like buried in it. Yes. Um, I think that's the challenge with vlogging. It's like you can shoot and shoot and shoot, but mm -hmm. uh, at the end of the day, it might take 20 or 30 hours to edit that out. And um, Right. And, you know... Is that is that time that you want to spend producing right. content? Um, right. But that's that's the hard thing. That's a hard thing to do, I think. So, Adrian, we talked a little bit about. Well, we talked a lot about my stuff, but let's talk about Medroom Chronicles. We haven't really. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you mean the podcast that we're on right now? Yeah. yeah. So tell me about you're you're seeing some movement on social media people are digging it people yeah, are listening okay. tell so me about that so let me also let me say this there has been a lot of positive feedback that i've gotten i've gotten emails and questions and um the last episode that we released was actually the first part of a two-part Q&A from a listener um and i've gotten a lot of Sorry, my eyes are really dry. You guys can't see me, but I'm like a hot mess right now. I'm like laying back, rubbing my eyes. Um, in any case, I've gotten a lot of positive feedback, but because my life has been kind of like a scheduling nightmare for the last few weeks, I have been super inactive on social media in so many ways. And social media is a forum of communication. And if you're not communicating... Nobody's going to communicate back. So essentially, I've taken some time off. Uh, hopefully, people haven't forgotten that I exist. Oh, do I hear do I hear puppy love in the background? Yes, you do. <laughs> Sarah just her her bestie Amy is visiting right now. That's awesome. Well, while they're doing puppy squealing, I'm going to put eye drops in my eyes because my eyes are on fire. Okay. So, so we were just we we had a little technical difficulty there. Sarah got home from massage, and then we had to do puppy time. We had to do but puppy we, time. We were talking a little bit about some of the progress and outreach of social media with Medroom Chronicles, and kind of so oh, tell yeah. me about some of the and, feedback. Okay, so just to summarize, I want to say that over the last few weeks, I've had to take some time to focus on school and family both of which needed a lot more attention than they were getting. 
Um, so now I'm kind of getting my bearings back and, um, there was actually a week that I didn't put out an episode. So a couple of hiccups, but the thing is, is that when you stumble, you got to rebalance and keep going. So this is the part where I'm rebalancing and moving forward. So we actually, um, part one of two from last week, um, we answered some questions from someone who contacted me through um, YouTube or not YouTube, um, Facebook, and basically was like, I love the show. Can you talk about these topics? And so we actually um, spent two hours answering her questions. And if you can even remember that, Andrew, it was so many weeks ago that we recorded that. <laughs> it was like two or three weeks ago. Um yeah. But in any case, um, you know, this person listened to the first part of uh, the Q&A session and really, really liked it and had good things to say. And so um, part two is going to be coming up in just a couple, well, a couple days from right this very moment as we're recording this. But by the time this makes the air, it will have been last week's episode. Um, so <laughs> we're like time traveling all over this podcast. Um, right. Tell me about, you said that you you got some outreach, like people were commenting. They were yes. Okay. So this is the other thing. I, before all of the like stuff that needed my attention pulled me away, I put up a post and then you shared it on social media as well. I was basically like, Hey, I'm interested in interviewing folks. Like I would love to have some conversations with um, people of other, other nurses, other disciplines, um, really any healthcare professionals. So I put that message out and was like, who wants to talk to me on the air, expecting that maybe I'd get one or two replies. And I got so many replies that I was like, oh shit, I got to make a spreadsheet. <laughs> Are you serious? I didn't realize it yeah, had that so, much. I mean, it's not like, you know, dozens upon dozens, but I'd say I probably had like a dozen solid offers and someone actually has already, and some, you know, a few of them were people that um, I know and I've either worked with or I work in the same institution, which is huge, um, or, you know, they're people that um, I used to work. So most most of the people that I expected were people that already know me, but I had some people from the interwebs reach out um, that actually I've been doing some other, um, not social media stalking, but like looking at people's websites and their LinkedIn pages and like, it, and there are actually some really cool people that want to talk to me. Um, so um, now that I am starting to, reorganize and actually get my schedule tightened up a little bit, get myself on point a bit more. Um, I'm reaching out, reaching back out to these folks to say like, okay, I've got it together now. Let's talk. Um, so I'm anticipating setting that up soon. So, um, you know, folks, as you're listening to this, just know that I'm making my way around. So um, I would love to see Medroom Chronicles kind of come into this new chapter where it's not just, although I think you and I talking is fantastic. We've gotten a great response. I enjoy talking to you. Um, but I think it'll be interesting to uh, see who else what other perspectives we can get and what other kind oh, yeah. of um, what For other sure. kind of discussions we can fire up. So I'm well, really looking forward to, I don't even know what's going to happen yet. Um, yeah. You're just going to have to be in suspense for a little bit longer while I work this out <laughs> with folks. 
Cool. I'm really excited to uh, see what is in store for Medroom Chronicles. Yeah. The interviews are super fun. I started doing them on my channel, and I'm actually, actually going to have to balance it out a little bit because I've done like three in a row now. And the, the, <laughs> the downside is they're long, right? They're, you know, a good interview could last an hour. Yeah. And, you know, when you think of content online, people have these short attention spans, but it's an interview, right? It's going to be long For, regardless. First of all, I want to immediately say that I am someone who, if you were to look at my list of podcast subscriptions, it's nothing but hours and hours of people interviewing other people. So the fact that people do have short attention spans in a lot of forums, but if you want to listen to like a podcast episode, if you're someone like me, you're going to listen to the whole thing from front to back. So a 60 minute interview is like normal. Like that's just like standard. I'll listen to half of it as I'm getting ready in the morning, half of it as I'm like doing something else. So um, don't discount the the long form. I think that um, that there's a lot to be said about uh, listening to a long ass good interview. Well, and they and and they I love it. I absolutely love picking the brains of someone that's been doing this traveling gig thing for 20 years and you know they have to be mindful too about what they say because they have relationships to uphold but i try to broach topics that are relevant to travel nurses out there so that uh you know we can all benefit so it's super fun i'm really excited to seeing what you have in store for mrc and the guests that are coming on the show so yeah Let's redirect a little bit. Did you look at the list of topics that I sent to you? The photo yes. of my notepad? Yes. I do you want to talk about a couple of them? We can do yeah. like a yeah, kind of a rapid it. fire. And then I can market this as the first half is kind of like the the business end. And then the latter half is like the... So I'll call it business in the front, party in the back. That can be the name of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Does that, that sound agreeable? Awesome. That sounds perfect because the, right. the, the the variety of topics on here is perfect. So yeah, uh, so we can just we can just rapid fire. So Andrew, we are going to um, go through this list of topics that I've created. I actually yeah. wrote these out just like when we decided we were going to record, and I was like, oh, I should think of some things. So I wanted to be seasonal, right? I wanted to be relevant. It's mm -hmm. like the pumpkin spice latte episode. Oh God, can't believe I just said that. I am not a pumpkin spice kind of kind of girl. Trust me when I tell you I am totally pumpkin spice all <laughs> the way every day. Oh my! I God. mean, I liked pumpkin chai, spice before. Mm. See, I like chai, but chai is not pumpkin spice. Chai has all of these wonderful elements of like cold weather goodness, like the cinnamon and the cardamom and the. Mm. Anyway, so that's that's beautiful, but that is not pumpkin spice. Anyway, it is kind of a pumpkin spice list of topics. So let's talk about a few things. So by the time this airs, Halloween will be in our rearview mirror by um, a week or so. And Thanksgiving will be staring us straight in the face two weeks ahead. So all of these topics are kind of like you know, themed for this time of year. So Andrew, let's go through these things. Is there, is there a topic on this list that you want to talk about first? I don't want to give them all away yet. We'll just go through a few of them until we 
run out of steam or time. Well, I think we should start with the very first one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Andrew, on. what? <laughs> Hold on. I want to do a Google search real quick. This is going to be a dangerous Google search, but I want to be able to introduce this topic and then. Hold on, let's see. I can't reach my keyboard without hitting myself in the face with my microphone. I think, so we're talking about sexy medical professional costumes, which is timely because it's October 28th right now. I see on my Facebook feed all these great people that do on these costumes, and I'm a little jealous because I originally intended on doing a zombie thing um, again this weekend. But I've just been so busy with Facebook stuff that uh, I'll probably skip it this year. So I'll just have to do it next year. But, um, yeah. I I had my Halloween party like we talked about earlier. I had my Halloween party already. So in my head, Halloween already ended. But I, too, am seeing all these really great costumes. Um, but I started thinking about, like, yeah, the 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 – there's the sexy everything, okay? The sexy firefighter, the sexy police officer. But the sexy nurse, I feel, is pervasive. And just, I Googled, um, just now, I Googled nurse costume. Not sexy nurse, not, you know. I just Googled nurse costume. That's it, okay? And I, in the first page, got, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I got a, ten... Of the 12 that appear on the screen are totally like skanked out hoe nurse. Um, and then Adrian, go to Google it? images. No, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm in the shopping tab. Hold on. I want to keep this okay. PG 13 for a second. So I get 10 like hoe costumes. I get one modest child costume. And then the last one is a 1920s like nurse who's covered from neck to ankles long sleeves long dress ridiculous okay so i'm gonna go to images now where you are i'm terrified i i'm so glad that my mother's not in the room <laughs> my god oh yep. yep oh just just to uh give the listeners uh, a visual i see Hottie nurse costumes with bust boobies hanging out. I can okay, practically the most see ridiculous that. One I can I'm see seeing, yeah. camel toe. The most ridiculous one I'm seeing is clearly latex. And it looks like something that Mila wore in the fifth element, where it's literally just like straps of latex covering... Ugh, no. Oh, and then there's one in the upper right-hand corner that looks like freaking Florence Nightingale or like a British maid from the 1920s. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of latex, a lot of thigh-high stockings. What the <laughs> hey, man? Uh, Adrian, I just sent you a picture of one that you're going to Oh, my gosh. I, I'm going to send you another you one. You guys. <laughs> well, at least it's slightly different than the oh, others. no. This okay. Oh, okay, don't send me any more because people are gonna <laughs> get the wrong idea. <laughs> but you but okay, so listen, this is a reflection of of the culture of of American culture of nursing, where it, what? But this is this is total garbage, right? This is not what reflect. This is not what nurses are all about. Nurses don't wear this stuff at work. But no, you know what I mean? No. 
And and like we've talked about in a previous episode, you were like, you know, don't you feel like we were talking about, oh, yeah, we were talking about the boom boom room at the other hospital that you were at. And you were like, don't you feel a little empowered and kind of hot in scrubs? And I was like, I feel like a sweaty man pig when I'm in scrubs. But, um, yeah, so not only do I not feel like a latex painted goddess of the night as a nurse but also here's the other thing i went back to my google tab and i put doctor costume instead of nurse costume and there's not a single person that's scantily clad on this page it is literally like scrubs lab coat uh or head covering face mask like You're there's right. no there's no doctor that like has on like a tiny green scrub skirt with like it's all like dudes. It's so all like what Adrian, I'm gonna play a little devil's advocate. So for the people that are non-medical, what's the problem with uh portraying nurses as strippers essentially on, on Halloween? Oh, where do I even begin? Okay, so first of all it hypersexualizes and okay so that's the biggest part that's the most obvious that's like the cl- the clear obvious like like nurses are uh there for your pleasure and arousal and a sponge bath which is the most drives me crazy if you can reach it you can wash it homeboy okay <laughs> Um, (laughs) if your arms are working, you are, yeah. So, but, but the other problem is, is that people don't realize how much nurses need to be weightlifters, hostage negotiators, waitresses, like advocates. We are like doing some of the hardest, most dangerous, disgusting things. And so to put us in stripper heels and a latex dress and say like here's the most pervasive representation of your um of your your profession basically um right yeah from a man's perspective um it doesn't offend me as much but i'm if i i'm trying to think like if i was a female and right now imagine Imagine that you Googled nurse costume and it was all men with six packs and super tight asses wearing like, <laughs> like the, the Chippendale style, like you're wearing like the collar of the scrub top. And, uh, you know, like, would you feel the same way if suddenly you were like, I am not a hoe. I am not a size two and I'm not wearing a thong to work. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, When you put it that way, absolutely. I mean, yeah. If that was the first thing that somebody thought about when they thought about male nurses was they thought about like hyper-sexualized, super buff Chippendale dudes, like giving you a back rub. That would change Sorry to disappoint you. Sorry to disappoint (laughs) because trust me. Only thing you're gonna get from this nurse is a keg. Trust me on that. I'm not, <laughs> you're not gonna get a six pack. So anyway, that was kind of the first thing I wanted to talk about. That was the right. first thing on the list. Yeah. Was like these costumes basically... erode the image of nursing because we are professionals, right? We take care of human lives, and when we're portrayed on as a stripper, 
um, it's extremely offensive to say the least. Like, I want to see a nurse uniform or not a uniform, like a costume that has like cape and like those fake biceps that like superheroes wear. Like that could be like a costume. Like, Seriously. you know, I mean, not that I need a costume, but like I, if I, if I had to dress up, this is my own personal style and things that I'm into. If I had to dress up as like, if somebody said dress as a nurse for Halloween, I, a couple times in um, the thrift stores in Iowa city have found old college of nursing capes that are like the American version of Harry Potter in my mind. Like they're the coolest. I don't know if you've ever look it up, look up nursing Cape on Google search. Like everybody that's listening, do this. Just like look up here. Let me make sure that it doesn't pull up something like super messed up. Do something weird. But yeah, if you Google nursing Cape, yeah. See like there's one that's like, it looks kind of like, Yeah. Nursing capes. So that's what nurses used to wear, like nursing students. And at the University of Iowa, up in the museum that's up on the eighth floor, um, which has a lot of cool stuff, like a lot of cool old medical supplies, but also they have a College of Nursing cape. And this thing, it's like made out of real wool. It's beautifully lined. Like this thing is like old like old super old and it's yep. beautiful and i'm like man i want why couldn't kirkwood have us wear nursing capes like that right. would have been i just sent you one ass. in facebook oh yeah see andrew just sent me a nursing cape it's basically a superman cape but it says rn instead yep. of having an s it's true yep. it's so funny because right above it is a picture that he sent me of a <laughs> something i don't even <laughs> want to describe i know i know it's like Basically, like, it's there's, there's, it's a Halloween stripper nurse costume. The things that we're finding on Google Images, so it's basically like some electrical tape on a model. <laughs> that, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Covers just enough to be legal in most states. <laughs> just enough that they can show it on Google, right? Okay, so I think I think we've really kind of done well with this subject what do you think should we uh yeah let's move to the next one let's move yeah. to, what, what um, is the next one i gotta move past the icky images oh, i sent okay. you so this is yeah this is here let's move on to a different kind of icky image so everyone oh, i hope has seen the image before it's like a stock photo it's a famous photo of a man it's a profile he's sneezing and you can see that there's a spatter of saliva and snot it's like a a cloud in front of him that's massive. Basically what I want to what I'm getting at is that people don't realize that when you cough or you sneeze, especially now during flu season, for those of you who don't know, we're totally in in the thick of flu season, that when you don't use the proper etiquette to cover your freaking face that you are literally spraying your germs across every surface for like mm-hmm. five or six feet i can't remember what it is let me see trajectory of a sneeze or what or wait <laughs> we're so nerdy who it's literally a saturday night at 10 p.m and we are googling trajectory of sneezes Adrian. i ain't got no shame i ain't got no shame it's flu season i don't if i was out on a saturday <laughs> night i would get sick there is a football game tonight it is weekend before halloween i'm sure oh people my. are making out with people they never met before 
and drinking beers they picked up off a table. We are doing a public oh. service right now. That's what's happening. We yes. are educating the public. That's what. what <laughs> this is a public service announcement. So I want to talk just for a second to everybody. I mean, I might be preaching to the choir here if we're talking to healthcare professionals, but um, I don't. I, I I did write on the list. I want to talk about vaccinations, but I don't even want to go there because I feel like that's a whole separate topic, and people get really up in arms about that. So. I'm going to say get your flu vaccine, and if you don't, I'm not going to argue with you in this episode. We'll talk about that another time. But what I do want to talk about is cough slash sneeze etiquette, okay? Because when you sneeze, you I don't want to be sprayed with your mm. – also, you'd be surprised. Like the people that I see in public that will just like as they're walking will just like have a violent full body sneeze and their hands or their arms come nowhere near their face. They just let it fly. And I want to walk up to those people and like slap them up on the backside of their Ooh. head like, you know, school teachers used to do to kids in the 50s. I want to be like, what the hell is wrong with you? Here, let me come over and just go <laughs> all over you. How do you feel about that? Oh. Nice to meet you. Have a good day. I'm if sorry if that was a violently loud noise. If only we could see the right, we could see the sneeze. I mean, we could see the droplets a little bit, but I wonder if people would not sneeze, you know, if, if all of our, if our so, mucus was like purple or something. Right. And so we're taught, you know, when, when I was a little kid, because the science hadn't quite caught up yet, they taught us cover your sneeze with your hand or with your hanky or whatever. The problem is, is that when you sneeze in your hand, all you're really doing is spitting all over your hand and then putting it on whatever the next thing you touch is. So the proper cough and sneeze etiquette is that you're supposed to cough or sneeze into the crook of your elbow. Now, first of all, some people might be like, well, I don't want to get snot all over my clothes. If you're so snotty, you're going to get snot all over your clothes. Don't be spraying it around the room. Okay. That's not an argument in my eyes. Yep. So crook, crook of the elbow or like a Kleenex. And then after you blow your nose or you wipe your face, you got to wash your hands with soap and water. I shouldn't have to say this in these super basic, I'm talking down to you terms, but you'd be surprised how many people I've tried to say, okay, I'm going to teach you how to change your family member's bandage over their gaping wound. Go wash your hands. And they walk over to the sink and they do a little trickle trickle splash splash with no soap and they're like okay i'm done and i'm like oh what what the hell did you just do because <laughs> you oh. didn't wash your hands i have something completely random and it's not even related to sneezing at all get me off my soapbox so i want i oh god it was so bad so with <laughs> i recently let me see. I should say this. I I had a patient that was a paraplegic, and this person self-cathed. Mm -hmm. And you know, as nurses, we are obligated to do sterile technique. You know, sterile gloves, aseptic mm -hmm. technique, rather. And when I saw this person's technique, I'm just like, ah. What are you doing? Oh my God. Don't touch that. Don't put that there. You you're just rubbing all your germs, all of your hands, right straight up in your urethra. I'm just thinking, how have you not gotten a UTI every week of every year for the last 10 <laughs> forever. years? Forever and ever. And I'm just like, 
oh my god i don't know oh yeah you were talking about hand hygiene and i'm just thinking oh man it gets way worse, Adrian. It could be so much yeah. worse. No, I know, but that's what I'm saying. That's why I had to explain myself because I had to be like, you have to use soap and you have to use water or, or, yeah. So, um, that, that's my little, that's my other little soapbox. By the way, I love the fact that every now and then I could just hear the gentle squeaking of a dog toy. It's actually really comforting to me. I hope other people find it comforting as well. It's just, it means Adrian. that a beautiful little creature is somewhere nearby delighting in this noise. Lola, as I've said, is, has been a, has been an interesting, um, new development in our life. Sarah and I have been um, alone for the last six, seven years, and she's freaking out right now. Like I remember when you first got your dog, and it would just run back and forth, back and forth, back uh-huh. and forth. She's just keeping herself entertained right now, and I think all of us. I'm looking at my uncle right now, and he's just like, "I'm over her." I can see it in his eyes. I can see it in his <laughs> eyes. But you know, she's cute off often but then it's like they get this idea like oh i'm gonna chew on andrew's great sandal that he spent a hundred dollars on and then i find holes in it and i want to have a puppy barbecue and after you know because you get so pissed off but she's just a gentle soul right Dogs what are I, too good for humans. Right. She, She's going to be like 150 pounds in the, mm-hmm. probably in six months. Yep. She's grown like five pounds a week since we've had her. Maybe like three pounds a week. Yeah. I mean, she's a great Dane. They grow rapidly. I remember when she could barely get on a, a stair. Now she's jumping on the couch. She's destroying mm-hmm. the leather right now. It's so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Oh God, that's a rental. Oh God, it's furnished furniture. Even, Don't do it. Don't you do know, it." You know, and that and that doesn't go away. You have those moments of both, like, if you fucking do that, you are dog meat. And then at the same time, you're like, "Oh, but you're so fucking cute, and I love you." Like, you have these conflicting emotions where you're like, "I'm gonna skin you." And then these other moments where you're like, I just love you so much. Please don't ever leave me. Right. Right. Um, so, yeah, I <sighs> that's how it goes. And I would never, ever, I, I just, I would never, ever harm a creature. I think dogs are nicer than most people. Right. I would, I would defend. Well, they're innocent, dogs. right? They're yeah, just, they they're just good souls. And that's, and that's what she's brought in our life. It's like, yeah, she's complicated, but she's just. She brings a different type of joy that we haven't had in a long time. So that's so great. Um, yeah, yeah. Sarah, Sarah is a little more attached than I am because I, I think it's because I'm so busy with other things that I. Yeah. She throws a loop into my already busy schedule. <sighs> anyway, it will. It'll be fine. It'll. We'll be fine, Adrian. We'll be fine. You will be fine. <laughs> And you know something, it's it's just going to be better as she gets older and you start to see her learning and turning into this cool ass dog. And like when she gets to the point where she's like chill and she'll just like lay on the couch with you and watch TV all night, you're going to be like, oh yeah, all that shoe chewing was worth it. Like, <laughs> So I was thinking, um, I was actually really excited to... <laughs> Do the second topic on your list here. I think oh, this yes. will be very interesting. And oh, man. Yeah. So here's what I, here's literally what I wrote 
I wrote, because this is along with the, the Halloween theme and the celebration theme and people being drunk and partying. Um, being a nurse in a bar, okay? <laughs> Andrew, do you want to elaborate what I mean by this? People not may not know what I mean when I say, oh, I just hit myself in the face with the mic. Sorry, guys. Being a nurse at home apparently is dangerous, too. But, yeah, so being a nurse in a bar, what does that mean to you, Andrew? <sighs> Uh, well, <laughs> it's like I've I have a bunch of patients all around me because <laughs> except none of them are obligated to listen to you, <laughs> right? You know, you never really turn it off, right? It's mm-hmm. always there. The nursiness is always on, and when you go to a bar and you look at people that are getting shit faced, I think the first thing I think is, boy. You're really gonna break some bones later, or oh, you're or really... oh my god, you're a subdural hematoma just yes. waiting to happen. Yes, are you on blood thinners, sir? <laughs> <laughs> there was actually okay, so there was a time when Doug and I were visiting some friends, and we were at this establishment. There was their last night in business, and things got a little wild. Okay, a little wilder than I probably should have gotten. And um, there was this guy. Doug and I were sitting at a table. And we were, I mean, we were mostly sober, like we maybe had a drink or two, but we're largely watching this going, oh my Lord. Well, anyway, this man stumbles in, I mean, clearly over the, over every legal limit that there could possibly be. And he comes in and he stumbles and he catches himself on the edge of a, on a stool and the stool falls over and he falls. And I immediately leaned over to Doug and mind, mind you people, I am. I am a compassionate, empathetic person. But in that moment, I leaned over to Doug and I said, okay, if I need to code this guy, I will. But otherwise, I am not a nurse. You don't tell anyone. If anyone asks, I am not a nurse. Right. Like if his heart stops, I'm not going to walk away. But if he falls down and bumps his head, like I'm not doing a neuro assessment in this bar tonight. Like I'm not using my iPhone to check his pupils. You call 911 like every other civilian. Like You know, aside from, okay, public place nursiness, I mean – Aside from moral support, you know, when someone's wasted and puking, about the only thing that we can do, you know, is we can do some basic assessments, but we don't have meds. We don't have equipment. We, I mean, we could do compressions, right? If someone's right. heart stopped. Like I can do that, so, but. You know, my, my public experiences when the nursiness has gone into action has not even been in bars. Um, I've, I've stopped the car on a kind of a major thoroughfare when a confused patient fell and another car had already stopped and they're like, I don't know what to do with this old lady right now. So we helped her get to the ED. Uh, I've, I've seen a guy that fell and hit his head outside of a shoe store Um, you know, I've supported, I guess I've supported some drunk people. Like, you know, I was drinking, but I noticed that they were super wasted. They're kind of like keeled over next to a building. And I'm just like, Ooh, is this person alive or dead? Yeah. And being, being in a party school town, which has had varying levels of party school infamy going on here. I've seen people fall. I've had friends who have been hospitalized because someone that was drunk hurt them, even though they were sober or, you know, just an innocent bystander. I've seen people um, fall 
fall down stairs that, you know, if they hadn't been drunk, they probably would have gotten even more hurt because, you know, I don't, I don't know if this is true or if this is an urban legend, but I've heard that people that are intoxicated usually fare better in drunk driving accidents because they're so kind of like loosey goosey that they just kind of ragged all around and they don't have like the reaction or resistance that causes increased injury. Anyway, point is maybe I don't even know what my point is. Um, but I've seen, I've seen all of these people in all of these different situations where drinking is involved and it's true. Like, what am I going to do? I'm going to, you know, if they fall, I'm going to stabilize their neck and call nine one one. Cause that's all I can do. Um, that reminds me, this was a non-bar situation, but I was in a grocery store and it was a grocery store that I used to attend regularly. And I think one of the people that worked there recognized me, had seen me in scrubs. Um, and this person fell in the store and I was not the only one around. Um, in fact, I was just there shopping. I wasn't in scrubs. Um, but, um, you know, this person that fell was immediately attended to by store staff, Um, but I felt maybe it was my guilty conscience, but I felt like the store clerk, like kind of shot a look at me like help. But I was like, Mm -hmm. what am I going to do? Run over and be like, don't move. Call 911. (laughs) Yeah. Like, unless you need an IV started, like I'm pretty useless to you in this situation. (laughs) Like, right. um, I think people, normal people, they don't know how to handle those situations. We see that day in and out. We know, you know, how to identify ABC issues right off the cuff. Yeah. You know, we can, we can put two and two together and realize, Oh, this guy might have a head bleed because they fell and hit their head. They need to go ASAP because they might have a subdural, you know, or that they're, right. they're having an anaphylactic shock or that they need, they need uh, the Heimlich maneuver or they need compressions. You know, we can under we can identify that stuff right off the bat. Um, but normal people are like, uh, uh, oh God, what, what do I do? And, and no, for, for good reason. Cause they have no clue. Right. right. They don't have the experience. So I think, but I, you know, but I had this place, tremendously guilty conscience. Cause I was like, it, it's like instantly I was like, God, does every person here know that I'm a nurse and they all think I'm a horrible person. Cause I'm just like putting broccoli in my cart as they're trying to help this woman. Like, <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to stand here and talk. look for that. Did you did you look for that faint pulse? Like, oh, they're gonna be fine. I'm I'm gonna go get my I mean, fruit now. She was talking. <laughs> she didn't hit her head. Like, I'm pretty right, sure right. she might have like broken her arm or something. But, yeah. I mean, what are you gonna do uh, with a broken had, arm? Even right. Right. And but she had like people all around her. I wasn't gonna rush in and be like, I'm a nurse, and then be able to do nothing. Right. You know, like, did right. someone call nine one one? Okay, but, you know, like, what can I do? There's, there is a part of me, you know, and and I think you probably have, I think all nurses probably have for this or majority of us is that we can recognize when we're needed and we jump in and when the time is actually right. And we recognize when, you know what, they're probably going to be fine and we'll just move on. Yeah, but does that that, produce guy think I'm an (laughs) a-hole? Does the the produce guy know that you're a nurse? That's the one. That's what I'm saying. I feel like I go in there all the time in scrubs and Uh, like the keychain lanyard hanging out of my pocket says, keep calm, I'm a nurse. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, I'm just going to tuck that in my pocket and go over here for the bread. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like I said, if, you know, if she was on the floor, if she collapsed and everybody was like just shopping, I would go over and help. But I'm not going right. to be like the 17th person to offer assistance. For All right. Sure. So that's so, yeah, that came from being a nurse in a bar. Basically, it's any situation in which you see uh, either someone's about to be very hurt because of a stupid decision <laughs> oh, or you're like, I can't do anything here just or, because or I have license. There, it's going to be like, listen, gonorrhea is a gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> Are you sure you want to do that? <laughs> I'm more likely to have that talk with somebody than to stabilize a broken arm in a grocery store. Right. That's the type of stuff that I could foresee, you know, in a bar setting. I honestly, I'm not a party animal. I mean, I used to go out a lot, but I'm not either, I really but I don't go out anymore. You know? I used to be the sober person in the bar very, very often. And so like I once helped a stranger, a female stranger in a bathroom zip up her pants because she was too drunk to zip her pants up. She like opened up the stall of the bathroom <laughs> and was like, I, I can't get it. Can't, oh my God. And I was like, I got like, this. I've been there. I got you right now. I've got you. I do this so, every day. I'm, yeah. I'm hero. I got you. So I was basically like, sure, come on. And I like zipped up her pants and I buckled her buckle and helped her wash her hands. And then I you went pee. Five-star treatment. My goodness. <laughs> I know, right? I was like, what am I doing? I'm not getting paid right now. <laughs> I don't even know who this right girl now? is. Right? Yeah, but I couldn't in good conscience let a woman walk out into a bar with her pants unzipped. I mean, come on. I know. I'm, you I'm have not, a soul. You still have I your soul. Do. Yeah, stop that. Watch out for right my now. women. Yeah. Watch out for my ladies out there, even the ones making too many drink decisions. Right. <laughs> All right. Next thing on the list. Some of the, I think some of the other stuff on the list is a little bit more serious, maybe. So um, the two in the middle really are the, yeah, the two in the middle. So are kind of like different sides of the same coin. So we, you know, Halloween's a great holiday. You know, nobody wants to work on Halloween. Everybody wants to celebrate Halloween. But then, you know, coming up ahead of us, we've got Thanksgiving, we've got Christmas, and all of the other holidays as well. You know that I'm. I'm sorry. I'm, that was very white heteronormative of me. Um, you know, we have a multitude of holidays, a multitude of cultures, um, not just Christmas, but the, but the predominant commercial holidays in the United States are Thanksgiving and Christmas. Anyway, regardless of what holidays we're talking about, being in the hospital, whether you're a patient, staff member, uh, family member, support person, whatever, being in the hospital over the holidays blows. Even if you don't normally celebrate the holidays, you know that other people out there are. And so, yep. so I don't just want to talk about how much it sucks because I think everybody realizes that it does, but I want to yep. talk about like, do you have, and I know I'm catching you on the fly with this. Do you have any things that you do or things that you say or ways that you try to make holidays in the hospital less shitty for people? Right, right. The holidays that I've worked, I think I've worked all of the major ones. I think I've worked Christmas, Christmas Eve, Thanksgiving at some point in my career. And there's something, I have to say that the environment on the holidays has always been very good. It's been, um, we recognize that we're all away from our family and friends and there's this extra attention to 
just being there for your patient. And I, I haven't done anything special. I mean, I know units, they, they'll do like cards, they'll do some a potluck or they'll Secret decorate Santa. the units, Secret Santa. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I've just been, um, I, I look at it like, oh, this sucks that I'm not with my family, but I try to be um, emotionally there for the patient as much as I can, because it's, it's terrible being in the hospital on, on, on your anniversary, not, you know, or, 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 um, you know, on really your birthday, any Christmas, day, you right. know, that stuff. Cause it happened. I, I, uh, just took care of a, a patient not too long ago and they're, I don't know, their wedding, they're like their 62nd anniversary was, Aww. they were, you know, and I was like, wow. So I'm there, you know, I'm there for my patients yeah. during those times. So. Absolutely. Um, you know, we, a lot of times nursing staff will do, um, potlucks. Um, sometimes the hot, the hospital offers us like a free meal, but it's never going to be as good as like home cooked food, you know, on a paper plate in the break room. Um, but once in a while, you know, if we have leftovers, if we have an abundance of food or if somebody's thought about our patients, if there are patients that are able to have, you know, don't have restricted diets or whatever, sometimes we'll share that with people be like, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't have much left, but if you'd like a scoop of stuff, you know, and usually most people are like real food, I mean, it wasn't made on the premises. Yes, I will take it. Um, But also, you know, like just talking to people. I let, I think that the biggest, in my opinion, regardless of why someone's in the hospital or what time of year it is, I think reminiscing, memory telling, um, that kind of like talking through of feelings, you'd be surprised how many people that, there have been times when I've gotten so far behind schedule at work, not because I'm just doing like little chit chatty BS and I'm not prioritizing my time, but sometimes I'll come across a patient that starts talking to me and something they say or some, some way that they say it makes me go, oh my God, this person needs to let this out and they need me to not say, I'm going to be back in five minutes you know? And Mm -hmm. so there have been times that people have reminisced about, um, and this happened just recently, but the first time it happened to me, it it struck me so hard because it was on a holiday. And this Mm. person was talking about holiday with their spouse. Um, Mm. and you know, not only had their spouse died, but yeah, basically I, I try to let people reminisce and tell their stories because, um, so often we're like in and out in a flash. And that doesn't mean that I have like, you know, a half hour to sit and listen to somebody talk about their first Christmas with their spouse. But, um, at the same time, if somebody's got to get something off their chest, I think that's a really important way that they can do that. We don't have, we don't always have that time, but if you can make that time, it means a lot to people. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I think holidays suck no matter what. I think that, you know, as far as nursing staff goes, I think holidays, right? Yeah, working holidays. What did I say? Holidays in general. I think you said uh, holidays suck, (laughs) which they can suck. No, that's not what I meant. I meant, yes, working on holidays. I, I think that, you know, it's really nice when you have a crew of people that like does want to do a potluck or secret Santa or somebody brings in a bag of candy. It doesn't even have to be that big of a deal. Um, but I think it's nice when we all try to remind ourselves that regardless of what day of the year it is, it, it sucks to be in the hospital. And um, I think we need to remember that as we go into this season again, because it is a little harder for people. It gets cold, um, you know. 
people aren't able to come visit in the hospital when the weather's bad or when holidays are going on. And so, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I just, I I actually think I spent a Christmas or a Christmas Eve on rescue. I'm pretty sure I did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because I have pictures of you from Christmas. That was when we did the boomerangs <laughs> of you and Dan. Because Dan had the like, Christmas stockings and Amy was there. And it was, oh, it was yeah. Wow. I have like a whole folder of photos from Christmas that year. Oh, man. That's but you were past. You were on the east end, and Dan and Amy and I were on the west end, and so that's why you're not in more of the photos. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. Yeah. But so let's let's uh, let's maybe do one more. Maybe. Yeah. And- well, there's only one left on the list, Andrew. So let's um, let's roll this up into a nice, tidy little package and uh, talk mm-hmm. about. Let's let's talk about gratitude on the way out because I think that this is a topic that could go a million different directions. So just give me give me a quick little view on what Andrew thinks about when he thinks about nursing and gratitude. The first thing that comes to my mind when I think of gratitude and nursing is how much nursing has provided me in my life. The opportunities that have come about because of it um, is mind boggling. I, I mean, Adrian, I was a tow truck driver. I was a vitamin salesman, Kirby salesman. Uh, before I went back to school, I was doing, I was riffing in the winter, go back to school, get an education. And now I am talking about consulting multi-million dollar agencies. So it's like amazing what you can do when you put your mind to it, when you sacrifice, uh, you know, time and energy and, believe in something. Um, but aside from the opportunity, you know, nursing does feel like a grind sometimes and we forget why we do what we do because the bureaucracy and the heaviness of what we do overshadows the goodness, but it does feel good when we actually connect with people. And so I am thankful for that. Um, it, the, the truth is you talk about burnout. It does, um, it doesn't come in that often. Um, because you, like I say, you, you feel so overshadowed by the heaviness mm-hmm. of our work that, but it does feel good when you connect with someone and you realize that I actually will stick with them forever in yeah. some fashion, the, what I say to them, the meds that I give them, the, the hand that I gave them to hold, you know, telling them I'm, you know, it's okay, breathe. I'm here for you. You are not alone in this journey. Yeah. Um, and so that that I am thankful for. Um, so it's kind of a neat thing to sit back and when you think, you know, gratitude. So that is that is a, a good feeling. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. I agree with everything you've just said. I felt that same way where it's like you, you know, I, God, when I think about how long it took me to get to this point. I'm really grateful that even though I had a lot of stumbling blocks, um, I I had the support and the love of the people around me and enough like determination for myself to get that done. But the other side of that, that was, I was thinking of two things and I was like, I'll just say whatever Andrew doesn't. So you picked one of the things I was thinking was that I'm grateful that this profession is here for me, that I have job security, that I have the ability to use my brain and to develop skills that at one point I didn't even know I possessed. The other thing is, um, the other, the other thing I wanted to bring up 
and this can be kind of like our closing thought, is that every day that I'm not in the bed, but rather I'm beside the bed, is a good day for me. My brain work works, my arms work, my legs work. And as long as they do, I want to be of service for people who those things don't work. You know what I'm saying? So yes, we get burned out. Yes, we become overwhelmed, overworked. But um, ultimately, we bust our asses to become nurses, but then we are so lucky to have those patients that are like reminders to us of how important we really are. And like the fact that we may be emptying bedpans and dressing stinky wounds, but really like we're doing things that other people might not do for them. And we're doing it for total strangers. So I'm both grateful that I have the physical ability to do it, but I'm also grateful that like I'm reminded that um, that people are thankful, you know, so I have gratitude, but also then I get to feel their gratitude. Um, mm-hmm. So I think, I think that's just nice. That's like a little warm fuzzy to mm-hmm. kind of wrap this all up on. I would so, like yeah. to say that, and we can both relate is our how important our spouses are in our life um they're they're kind of in the background scenes um in terms of our support for doing this type of online stuff um tell me about doug and how he has made a difference in your life oh my god if it i mean honestly this is no hyperbole if it weren't for doug i wouldn't have gotten through nursing school um i when I moved to Iowa city, when I was 18, I kind of did school on again, off again, like various life things, both minor and major kept me from like really just jetting through school, which is fine. Like, I think my, I think my timeline happened the way it needed to for a lot of reasons, but basically Doug and I started, Doug and I have been together 10 and a half years. We're not married, but our relationship is as strong as any married couples could ever be. But he basically at one point was like, you're too smart and too good at this to not go back to school. And I went back to school and I didn't do well the first semester. And he was like, shit together, do it again. And so Basically, he stuck with me for years, supporting me emotionally, financially, like helping me, like literally providing me the car that I drove to school with him and his family. Um, It literally wouldn't have happened without him. The encouragement and the fact that when I started nursing school, we were both like, this is the real deal. This is going to suck but the things are going to be prettier on the other side. So it is, it is no exaggeration when I say that without him, I would have starved to death before I graduated. Honestly. Wow. Uh, I can completely relate. I was in a very bad place mentally when Sarah came in my life, um, had a lot of depression, anxiety, um, poor relationships with my family and it was very challenging. Um, you know, 
had a little uh, drinking issues, used tobacco then, so uh, to cope with the stress of life. And yeah, without Sarah then and now, we would not be talking right now, I guarantee you. Um, I am convinced that, not to get too emotional, but I'm convinced that I am on this earth because of Sarah. And um, it's far beyond nursing and such, but I tell her every day or almost every day that uh, without her support, there's no way I would be who I am. She has pushed me even without trying. I think she's pushed me to be better in some way um, all the time. And uh, it's a good feeling to have those types of people in our life, right? It's awesome. And yeah. I'm so lucky. I mean, heck, I, I met her online. I met her online <laughs> on OkCupid, right? How random is that? And we talked for a couple months or, or maybe a month and a half online. And then we met in person and we kissed and we've been together ever since. And amazing with, you know, where the stars can align for us. So you talk about gratitude. Isn't it amazing what our spouses can do for us and have Absolutely. Done? And the fact that they endure, I mean, it might be a little easier for Sarah because she's in the same profession, but they endure the shop talk that occurs <laughs> when mm -hmm. we're just trying to have a nice dinner out. Oh my gosh. You know, I have to, I have to consciously work to not let Doug just be buried in nursing abbreviations and acronyms while he's. <laughs> <laughs> the poor normal people, boy, they, they just, they endure it, right? They, they don't want to all... talk about wounds at dinner in a public busy restaurant. Or suppository insertion or <laughs> catheter or, yeah, it happens all They're the time. Saints. They're saints. Yeah. <laughs> So I think that's a really nice, uh, you know, ending to this great podcast. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing where we go. And I'm really excited to hear seeing your interviews coming up in the coming weeks. Yes, yes. There, there are going to be some new things on the horizon. Even I don't know what's in store yet. So hopefully people will mm -hmm. stick around. Awesome. Well, thank you, Adrian, as usual. And I will talk with all you lovely people that are listening out there very soon. Yes, yes. Have a good night and um, tune in next week for another episode. Bye, guys. Happy nursing. Here at MedRoom Chronicles, we may be uncensored, but we are not unfiltered. Protected health information has been changed and concealed to comply with HIPAA of 1996. The things we talk about are combinations of years of experience with thousands of patients, things we've read, stories we've heard. If you think we're talking about you, trust me, we're not. Also, we're real nurses here to provide accurate and helpful info, but don't take us as fact without doing your own research. Refer to your state's Board of Nursing, Practice Acts, and your institution's policies and procedures if you have questions about your practice. Lastly, our very strong opinions are ours alone and do not reflect those of our employers or educational institutions. Thanks for listening and happy nursing, guys.